Hey, welcome back to Baseball Mainly. I'm your host, Jess Monticello. And uh, with me today in the studio, as always, is Ethan Statman Perlman. How are you doing, Ethan? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Jess? Um, any better, I'd be twins. Oh, okay. I think I, I stole that from a local radio personality. I like that one, though, because I'm feeling great. And uh, not with us today is Corey Sir Patrick Stewart. No, he's uh, down in Florida enjoying that nice warm weather. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, feel, I feel really bad for him, especially on my drive in today as I slid across the, the highway. <laughs> we also have a, we have a special guest with us today, uh, the son of a very good friend of mine, uh, Scott Yaki, who's with M.I. Bat. And uh, Scott, uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Move up on that mic a little bit. Sure. We want to make sure we can hear you really well. Absolutely. Well, we've got some. We have some breaking news today. Yes, we do. We've Finally. been waiting for it for a while. Finally. Manny, Tell us what happened. Manny Machado is off the free agent market as he has signed with the San Diego Padres a ten-year, three hundred million dollar deal. It is the largest free agent contract in history of American sports. Well, uh, I'm sure it's still subject to something like a uh, maybe a physical, uh, maybe dotting the I's and crossing the T's. But as of right now, it sounds like he's going to be a San Diego Padre. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think the I think with the announcement. The, the physical probably is already done, I would, I would hope. Normally they, you know, if it isn't, they'll say pending the physical, but it sounds like the structure of the deal is done, and we're uh, ready to see Machado in San Diego. And there's an option, right, to get out of this deal after five years if things aren't going well for either party. I, I believe there is. Well, still, I'd take $30 million a year for five years. I, I could live on that. I, I would. And then go play somewhere yeah, else? Yeah, I mean, I, I would take one mil um, <laughs> or half a mil if any team is looking for a left-handed pitcher. I, I might play for minimum wage. I love baseball. Or minimum so wage, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, uh, Scott, we're, we're happy to have you here today. Uh, you know, maybe before we're off, Harper will sign somewhere. Maybe, you know. There you go. Well, Scott's, uh, Scott's co-founder of, uh, of a company called MI Bat Company. Uh, I know his father, uh, Kurt, who we'd like to have on the show, but Kurt's in Florida, too. Unfortunately, it's a, he is. It's a rough life. Kurt is a, a, an attorney, but he's also a, a fellow baseball player, and we play together on a couple teams, play together on some uh, tournament teams. And uh, you know, before we came on, I was trying to talk Scott into playing with his dad, uh, maybe in our 18 and over league, because Scott's just a youngster. <laughs> True. My, my arm is shot, um, which is sad considering there wasn't much of an arm there to begin with, but um, I can't throw like I used to. You'd fit right in. Perfect. You'd fit right in with the rest of us. Well, uh, you guys make bats, We do. Right? We tell, do. Tell us what you make. Tell us, uh, tell us about how you got into this business. Absolutely. So um, at its core, we are a custom wood baseball bat manufacturer. How we got into it was merely... Uh, my dad's and my love of baseball. Uh, I grew up playing. Uh, he was my coach for, for virtually every season. Um, 
and it was it was a it was the love of baseball, but also uh, we weren't particularly good when we were playing, but. Uh, he did a really good job of making sure we had the best-looking uniforms. I mean, we always <laughs> looked fantastic. In fact, uh, one story that kind of epitomizes that is we were in Cooperstown at the the typical Cooperstown tournament that most most youth players play in, and this woman from Jersey comes over and uh, talks to my dad. And she goes, "You know, you got a good little ball club. You know, you're not great, but you're not you're not bad. But I got to tell you." Boy, are you dressed? <laughs> and so, so based on that, you know, we we always loved uh, the customization aspect, and it's it's cool to create something and then see it come to fruition and be able to put your stamp on it. And uh, my bat coat really kind of epitomizes that. It's it's the ultimate customization of a wood baseball bat. Um, and 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 we're now starting to move into other segments of the market, which is very exciting. But at our core, we are a custom wood bat. Yeah, I had I, I had a bat made for my son. Uh... And I talked with you about it, yep. I, and uh, he put your put his number on there and uh, mm-hmm. his name. It's a nice looking bat, and uh, it's nicely weighted. Um, Great. And I play with a guy who who uh, swears by the bats you make. Uh, a guy named Gene in our league. Yep. And this thing's a club. <laughs> this thing, I think it's a 35 inch bat, and probably weighs about 33, 34 ounces. Gene Gene came to us with an interesting request. He wanted to tr- uh, swing a tree trunk. Um, and that's essentially what we made for him. The largest barrel we could. All of his bats are virtually custom made uh, because we had to go through the dimension process. He goes, I don't care about drop. In fact, I don't care if it's a plus size bat. And uh, he loves it. And we're glad that he does. You know, we, we, we try and do that with all of our customers. Well, uh, I like it that you make bats custom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it that I can get my name on it. It makes me feel like I am somebody. Absolutely. You know, you get, these minor league guys get their, their bats for free from that company uh, down in Kentucky. Yeah. But they have to sign a contract for that. That's true. We don't have to sign a contract. We just have to pay you, right? It's, it's a really it's a great short-term contract. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me what goes into making a, a, a bat. These are wood bats. Correct. And uh, do you make them in various woods? You know, we can. Um, we have access to some of the best wood uh, uh, around, but we've strategically chosen maple, um, and specifically maple from the Lake Superior area. Um, the reason why we, we decided to source all of our wood from there is because uh, the growing seasons are, are very, very short, and therefore the growth rings are very small. And uh, part of, the, the, of what goes into a really good professional-grade maple bat is um, small growth rings, the straightness of the grain, as well as how light it is. Um, and we can control two of those variables with where we source it from. And the third one is is basically just the genetic composition of the of the wood, and how we dry it in the drying process. So how long do you, how long do you cure the wood before you make a bat? Um, well, we historically you'd have to leave them out for probably anywhere between three and six months. But there's now a new process where we basically stick it in a vacuum kiln. Um, so not only do we pull all of the air out of the environment where the the bats are or the wood is essentially aging. Uh, but we also heat it up to accelerate that process, um, so we can get the, the the moisture composition right around anywhere between five and seven percent, which is what we found to be the sweet spot. And uh, just for our listeners, we are actually showing some images of the bats that we got from you. Yeah. Um, I also saw you make canes from the bats. We do. Um, so that was actually kind of a, a an interesting. Uh, yep, there it is. Um, there was a, a guy that. My dad has played with, um, who recently 
he has a, he has a really interesting story. But long story short, he um, came under some health issues and uh, really wanted to have a way of of emulating his his love for baseball. And we took that on as a special project uh, just for him. And lo and behold, people love it. Um, we're in the process of. Uh, trying to also come out with uh, some military-style ones for some of our veterans. It, it is oh, definitely eye-catching. I'm getting yeah. feedback from the back room. They <laughs> say they love it. Great, great. Well, the, the bats are the bats are sharp. The one uh, that you made for my son ended up in his uh, high school graduation picture. Wonderful. Yeah, uh, mom uh, mom took him out to the uh, to the uh, to the dugout and uh, sat him on the bench, and he put that bat on oh, his shoulder and there he is fantastic and uh, I, I like the number on the bat because yeah. that's my number and as he finally got to the point where that's the number he wants to wear he wants to wear dad's number that's cool and uh, that makes me really proud except I wear that number because of Norm Cash not sure. because dad's good I'm not good <laughs> uh, but I love baseball yeah. and I love things like custom-made bats yeah Bats that are your color, bats that have your name on them. It's it's like toys in golf, right? You, yeah. you guys have certain custom-made stuff. How many bats are you selling a year so far? I know you guys are new in business. Yep. You're just starting out. Yep. Who? How many bats are you you making a year, and who buys your bats? Sure. Um, as to the demographic, it's actually rather wide. Um, we're, we're making anywhere, you know, our, our best year, we were up around 3,500. Um, and that was a, a, a great private label program. Um, uh, we're, we're consistently, consistently right around the 2,000, 2,200 mark. Um, the, the demographic is ranges anywhere from youth players all the way up to senior leagues at the, the 70s and overs. Um, people love using wood. The purists love to use wood. Some of these tournaments are now making people use wood. Uh, back when I played, now I wasn't very good, but when I played, uh, I always used uh, uh, wood in the winter because the sweet spot is slightly smaller than a, than a metal bat. Um, and that was twofold. One, I, I, I couldn't, I wasn't uh, uh, one of those players that could have a metal bat shipped to him every other month. Uh, but also, you know, I figured if I could hit the, the sweet spot on a wood bat consistently, you know, a metal bat d- just becomes cake. Um, so it, there are a lot of advantages to it. We also do some overweighted training bats, uh, specifically just for the off season, or if you come up against a really slow pitcher. So you know, it's it's pretty much anybody anybody who has a love for baseball and wants to stick. Or you know, we have trophy bats where uh, if you want to um, uh, recognize your big hitter in your sales department, you know, you can make a big hitter, and we, we oh, make all kinds of bats like that. Uh, we also do uh, gag gifts um, for for players that that really aren't great hitters um we make a double handled baseball bat so it doesn't matter what side of the plate you're on you're probably not going to hit it uh-huh. so you know we have a lot of fun with it it's it's um it's a, it's a great business to be in what started off as a hobby between my dad and i has really kind of turned into something that's that's a lot of fun to do you know i don't i don't think most people realize that you know if you were ordering a bat there's a whole lot of a whole lot of questions that get a- asked absolutely how, how much does it weigh mm-hmm. How long do you want it? What's what's the difference in the weight and the length? That's called the drop. Mm-hmm. Do you want a cupped end? Do you want a solid end? Mm-hmm. What color do you want? Do you want a flared handle? Do you want a thin handle? Do you want a thick handle? Absolutely. Um, and it's uh, it, it, every bat. I'm sure there are are literally hundreds of combinations. Mm-hmm. So you take that down. What now? This sounds like a pretty uh, in a pretty. Uh, 
specific type of order, mm -hmm. what does it cost to buy a bat? You can give me a price range. I realize you can't price one out here. Yeah, you know, um, our, our, our different models are we have, um, at its core, we have what we call the classic pro maple. And I've actually brought one, brought one oh, in cool. with me. Um, and this is just you brought this as a gift for me. Uh, you know what? You you <laughs> like got it, Jess. <laughs> That's a good stick. That's actually made with some of our best. It's a little shark. This is about a thirty-two, maybe. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Exactly right. Looking at the bottom of the handle. Yeah, and it's light. 32 it is thirty-two twenty-six. Thirty-two twenty-six. That is probably one of the best billets that we have. Um, I don't know if we can see this on the TV, yep. but uh, MI Bat Company. Yep. You call it My Bat Company. My Bat. I like it. I see the MI, I think, Michigan, but uh, my bat company. I like it. Uh, it, it was beautiful. It was originally intended to be somewhat of a play on words in that uh, we, were, we were going for being highly customizable, but also a Michigan-based company. Um, so, uh, yeah, so our classic Pro Maple, um, that goes anywhere between, you know, 110 to 129. Um, our fully custom, where you can upload your own team logo, any kind of graphic, any kind of font. Uh, which is really kind of our our specialty that goes anywhere between 149 and 199. Is that kind of like what we would have seen with the Oregon State bat? Exactly right. In fact, we did those for for a couple Oregon State players. Um, we're trying to get in, but unfortunately, Oregon State has uh, an exclusive contract. contract with with a couple aluminum bat manufacturers. Yep. Um, but they love them. They use them all the time. Um, you know, some of the pushback we got that we got initially was, well, doesn't the vinyl graphic peel off? You know, how long is this going to last? How many hits? And we've uh, kind of developed a proprietary sealing process that keeps those vinyl graphics on there and makes the bat look as new as it did for as long as possible. Well, if it's going to last two or three years and you're a, a baseball player that continually uses a wood bat, mm -hmm. the wood bat's going to break in that period. I don't care what material yeah. it's made of. Yeah. Because pitchers are tricky, right? And Absolutely. you get a ball in on the handle, and it's hard enough, and you swing just right. Mm -hmm. Bat's going to break, even if it's brand new. It is. You want to hit it off that sweet spot. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to do. Now, I, I, I think you're in some other businesses that relate to sports as well. We are. Um, so, so the first part of that is uh, my Batco recently launched custom jerseys. Um, we are partial owner in a, in a manufacturing plant that does dye sublimated jerseys. Um, so in keeping with our customization principles, we now have 100% uh, custom jerseys. They're so new that I didn't have a picture to give you guys. Um, and we're also expanding that into uh, batting gloves. The other part of that is, is um, I also founded with my dad and a couple other people a custom titanium ring business. Um, so we have made... And you brought a gift for me. Another one. That's not my number, though. Well, it is now. I'm, I'm 25. Just, just looks, add nine. That looks cool. I don't know if you can see that, but it, it's got uh, the baseball stitching on it. We yep. we got it on the, got it on the screen. Uh, on Very the cool. Screen right now. Yeah. Very cool. It's a look. I have to wear it on maybe on that finger. You have there big you fingers. Well, uh, that's uh, they. I think they call them sausage fingers. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just have small hands. That's beautiful. Uh, thank you. And it's titanium. It is. It, we make those from surgical grade titanium, uh, also in Michigan, out of. Uh, out of our production facility in Marquette. I have an idea where the titanium comes from because yep. I know what your dad does for a living. Yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, 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 Scott's father is an attorney, and he he represents uh, some uh, um, medical manufacturers. Yeah. Uh, and um, I saw in another photo that you guys do custom name engraving. We do. Um, how much does is that an added cost? And uh, how do you do the engraving? Sure. 
Um, you know, it, it typically depends. Uh, that was a ring that we actually did for Terry Collins with the Mets. Mm-hmm. Um, on, a, on a typical baseball ring, um, you know, if it's a simple name like that, name and number, you know, an extra 20 bucks. Nothing, okay. nothing crazy. That's not bad at all. No, and, and you get a ring that's for yourself. Um, and I think that, that those baseball rings retail anywhere between 199 and 249 uh, but we have done some championship rings where uh, some teams who have won uh, um, uh, the Men's Senior Baseball League, for example, uh, wanted to have a ring to commemorate it, but they didn't want to buy a giant gaudy ring. Uh, and so we, we, we did some rings for, for some of those teams, and, and they turned out beautifully. And, and when you get into the team orders, then that drops the price significantly. Same thing with the bats. If you were ordering multiple bats, absolutely. You know, a lot of guys uh, that I know will order six at a time in yeah. a box. That's the way, usually the way they come in a box. So. Yeah, nice. To, to your earlier question, how do we engrave them? Um, it, it's basically, for lack of a better term, it's a laser. Um, we, we're able to, to digitize it, and, and, and because it's laser engraving on, on surgical-grade titanium, that yields uh, the crispest cuts. Uh, you don't have all of the, the imperfections with, with lesser-grade titanium, which is really easy to come by overseas. Um, and uh, we can make virtually anything. It's, it's really kind of an exciting business. But, and, and, the, and the exciting spot from a business owner standpoint is how do you tell the customer that they have an open canvas without freaking them out with all the options? And, you know, that applies to baseball bats, that applies to the rings, and now it applies to the jerseys too. So that's been kind of the internal struggle of how do we best communicate our competencies without overextending ourselves. I'm assuming you have a website. We the do. The website is mibatco.com. Correct. So, uh, uh, you know, if you're interested in any of these wares, uh, I highly recommend uh, Mr. Yaki and that. his son Scott Yaki. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I, have, I have by no means earned that title yet, so that's fine. Uh, I, I, I got to tell you, Scott, your, your dad's a very good ball player. Uh, he, still at our age, he runs uh, like a track star, keeps himself in shape, and he is great with the glove. And, uh, you know, he laid down a bunt, and he's on first, and the next thing you know, he stole second. And you don't tell him how that I think he's that great, because sometimes no. I play against him, too, and I don't <laughs> want him to get a big head. Well, uh, we're going we're gonna to move along in our show a little Before bit. Before we move on, okay, though, um, so you gave us your website. Mm-hmm. Is there any way for people to follow you guys on social media? Absolutely. Um, so the, the, we have a Facebook page, um, facebook.com slash mibatco. Uh, and then we also have an Instagram account at mybatco, um, and that's a great way to, to kind of see, keep up with what we're making, you know, where we are, what we're doing. There's a lot of really exciting stuff on the horizon for us. Uh, we're looking at an exclusive contract with some of the the youth baseball leagues around here, not only for bats but also for jerseys. Um, it's really an exciting time for our company, and I'm loving every second of it. I want to know yeah. about wood bats. That's what I'm really interested in. Sure. Uh, do you see wood bats? ever coming back to high school or college ball that is a great question i'm I'm gonna chime in right here i know a lot of players would love that it's the cost Mm -hmm. the it's with the aluminum bat you buy you know each player gets their own bat at most schools um and then you buy so many bats for during practice and they last you hopefully a whole season. You, you know, you order a couple as backups in case one or two happen to break. But that cost is already pretty high. Um, and, I mean, the schools get good deals on these bats, but then you run into that issue. If it's a wood bat, 
and as we talked about pitchers being crafty, if you break so many, you're, you're rising a cost that a lot of schools probably aren't able to afford. Well, uh, uh, metal bat, $400? Oh, I, well, it first of all depends which uh, vendor you're going through, and some vendors do offer schools that are producing very well, very good rates. But if you have 35 guys on a team, you're ordering probably close to 50 bats for that season. They give you probably, I think it's like 200 bucks a bat. Mm-hmm. Where it's, if you have that wood and you have them breaking, you're probably ordering more to like 60, 75 to be safe. If not, you have maybe order more. I, I think it's a cost-effective thing. Yeah, probably. It, it, it is. Um, I think the other part of that is um, there's a lot of other sides to those deals. A lot of these bat manufacturers will pl- also give these programs donations based on how many bats that they order. So there's a way for the coach to have some extra expendable money to, in order to spend on other equipment sure. and whatnot. It's all um, about advertising. It is. It absolutely is. And, and I'll tell you what, Easton and Louisville Slugger and a couple of those other guys have done a tremendous job, and they've carved themselves out a really solid part in that niche. Yeah, I used to have a drop five Easton uh, metal bat made of titanium or some oh, exotic right. metal that I paid a lot for. And the very next year, we went to all wood. So that's the story of my life. I'm glad to hear you're not bitter about it. Well, I used it in batting practice sometimes yeah. during the winter. But eventually, the handle kind of wore out, and mm-hmm. I donated it to somebody. There you go. Uh, well, we're gonna, we, one of the things we wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, they, we're, we're kids, right? We, it doesn't matter how old I am. <laughs> I love baseball. I remember being at a baseball game and watching uh, Alan Trammell, and who knows who it was? It might have been Tom Brookins or somebody. They're in foul territory before a game. This is back when you could still go to batting practice, and batting practice had ended, and they're getting ready for the game, and they're playing catch. Mm-hmm. And somebody's playing catch with Trammell, another one of the players. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I'd really like to be out there and play catch with him. Mm-hmm. Well, so that got me to thinking. And Ethan and I were talking, if you could play catch with any major league baseball player from any era and have a conversation with him, who would it be? Uh, well, for me, I said Sandy Koufax. Um, but we, we, we have actually your person up yeah, first. For me, you know who I am. I, yeah. I, I am uh, my, my son did a, uh, uh, was assigned to do a report in first or second grade on someone he admired. And he picked... Jess Monticello? No. Oh. He picked Jackie Robinson. (laughs) Okay. And I learned so many things about Jackie Robinson that I can't help but still be a fan. I would love to have had some time to have a catch with Jackie Robinson and ask him some questions. Mm. Ask him what, what was it like to play at UCLA. He was a four-letter guy. Yep. Basketball, baseball, track, and football. Mm-hmm. He, if World War II hadn't happened, Jackie Robinson might very well have ended up as a football player instead of a baseball player. More than likely. And 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 he was, you know, obviously very good, very fast. He ends up in the Negro Leagues and gets a shot through Branch Rickey, and even today you you'll hear. 
Jackie Robinson wasn't the best player in the Negro Leagues. A lot of people think maybe Josh Gibson, Satchel Paige was certainly great. But Jackie Robinson, uh, you know, he said, what was it he said to Branch Rickey? There's a famous quote. He said something like, uh, you want me me to, to just not fight back? And and uh, Ricky said, "I want you to be strong enough." To yeah, not we're we're fight gonna that. go over that quote because I, uh, I, I love that quote. I, I just I, to me, what a what a, a an incredible man. But every time I see that video of him stealing home and Yogi Berra going nuts, to me that is baseball. Yeah. And to talk to Jackie Robinson, I'd love to talk to him about his life, what it was like in the Negro Leagues, what was the greatest park he ever played in uh, you know how how did he deal with it what was it like when phil rizzuto put on his number they all put on his number yeah rizzuto puts his arm around robinson you know they're gonna they're gonna somebody's gonna shoot him they all wore his number that's america that's what something wonderful i, I think about my that. biggest question to him would have been i mean you hear players you know they talk about uh getting heckled at and you know fans being downright disrespectful I mean, I would love to, you know, have Jackie Robinson alive right now and, you know, talking to some of these professional athletes and being like, you think this is bad. You don't know how bad it was back then when you're the when you're one of the first players in any sport where there's, you know, heavy controversy controversy around the move that brought you in. I mean, yeah, I don't think Jackie Robinson thought of it as a, you know, a glory thing because he was a very, seemed like a very down-to-earth person. But I think if players today could talk to him or, you know, first in a lot of instances for different sports, I think they'd have a much better perspective and have a better attitude. And maybe fans would, you know, be a little bit more sympathetic. I mean, yes, heckling is a part of all sports. Well, when it, you know, I... I I lived as a young young man uh, through the that era of the civil rights movement, yep. and I feel like Jackie Robinson was a pioneer in that. A special yeah. man, uh, and uh, he, he was. You know, if you think about special people in history who have been non-combative but strong in in what they stood for. You know, you, you think about Gandhi, you think about Martin Luther King Jr., yep. you think about Jesus, you think about, you know, there there's something to that strength in standing for what you believe without being combative about it. It was just, what a great man. Anyway, we should move on. Who do, yep. who, who's your guy? So, uh, as, I, as I said earlier, my guy is Sandy Koufax. I kind of um, like him, a lefty. A, a lefty with uh, some some very interesting history. I mean, uh, I had watched a video um, about how Sandy Koufax was even discovered for by the uh, Dodgers. Apparently, he had a tryout. You know, they said we got this lefty, six foot three guy, kind of not the most well built. I mean, as you can see, he is yeah. on the skinnier side, but a lengthy guy. Um, and the minute Dodgers personnel saw his delivery, 
first of all, they were kind of, it sounded like, very concerned because it's it was a not a prototypical prototypical delivery but the results were from the delivery i mean it was a it was a one probably one of the first lefties that really disguised everything pretty well another dodger too right and and another dodger and played with jackie robinson for two seasons yep and uh the one thing that i would always want to ask sandy koufax is how did you get that extreme nastiness on that curveball because <laughs> it could be up here one second and within not even like a blink of an eye it was down around your ankles something about that rotation from a left-hander yeah he uh, he had a, a 276 era that that's that's great yeah uh, uh and what was what was his whip i think i put it down somewhere uh it was under one for the last uh four or five seasons Won the Cy Young three times. And I believe four no-hitters. I didn't put that down, but that Uh, sounds right. Boy, that guy was good. And it seemed like every Saturday he was on, I think it was called this week. No, it was called uh, Saturday Baseball or whatever. seems like Vince Scully was announcing even then. And uh, I believe it was on NBC. It was great. And and he seemed to be pitching every Saturday. And and the one thing that I also would like to have asked him would have been – when you have the the controversy of people asking why aren't you playing on Yom Kippur, I mean, I think as many people know, or, uh, Sandy Sandy Koufax was a religious person um, of the Jewish faith, like Charlie Geringer, I mean, like uh, Hank, uh, Greenberg. Hank Greenberg rather. And I mean, you know, Hank Greenberg got a, a lot of questions asked when he missed games for, you know, Jewish holidays that he, you know, you know, uh, participated in. And I, I know as a Jewish person myself and an athlete, I would have liked to know, you know, how did he feel about when people were questioning why aren't you, you know, showing up and playing during a holiday? Another another example of someone standing for their beliefs yep. yeah that's great well, how, about, how about you scott who's your who if you could have you know we're giving you a few seconds to sure. think about this sure if you could uh if you could uh play catch mm-hmm. have a talk with any player from any era even today mm-hmm. who would it be you know i i, I am like putting you on the spot no 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 okay. i i've always uh always loved learning about babe ruth I know it's it's rather cliche, but um, I always viewed myself as a hitter and and one of the the truly great hitters. Would have loved to have, you know, just talk about his philosophy. And maybe there wasn't a philosophy because he was always smoking a cigar and drinking. But um, that guy knew how to hit, and and I can absolutely empathize with that. You know, the other one would have been, or or is Al Kaline. But I recently had a chance to do that. Well, actually, when I was younger, I had a chance to to sit and talk with Al. Uh, Mr. Kaline, rather, and it was, <laughs> it was, it was truly a magical experience, and one that I will never ever forget. Uh, and I know that that he he has those kinds of experiences, and, and they they probably happen quite frequently. But the the kind of impact that that had on a much younger version of me was resounding. Everybody we've talked about, Hall of Famer, yeah, everybody, yep. Yep. yeah, absolutely, and deservedly so. Absolutely, Every, all four of those guys we've talked about. Well. Uh, uh, keeping in that vein, we got to talk. Ethan brought this up. We were talking, and you know, we talk about baseball a lot. Mm-hmm. 
and we started talking about movies, baseball movies. Oh. So, uh, what what are your favorite baseball movies? Well, uh, the the first one we're going to talk about, uh, we actually have a video clip for. Um, so I'm going to mute our mics so that our listeners can maybe quick trivia figure out what movie oh, okay. this clip is from and uh, talk about it after the clip airs. Sit in shirt sleeves on a perfect afternoon. You'll find you have reserved seats somewhere along one of the baselines. So they sat when they were children and cheered their heroes. And they watched the game. And it'll be as if they dipped themselves in magic waters. The memories will be so thick they'll have to brush them away from their faces. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, is a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good. And it could be again. Oh, people will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. Yeah, that's that's my favorite. That's my favorite baseball movie. For those that don't know what movie that was, uh, that is Field of Dreams. Definitely go watch it. The one constant. It is the one baseball. constant. As Leo DeRocher said. Baseball's like church. Many attend, few understand. Yeah, yeah. I love I love that movie, and I love I love his voice. I what like, a great! I was voice. gonna say, you know, I don't think anyone else could have done that scene to the effect. And the cinematography in that scene, where all these old baseball players are just kind of starting to gather around, and then you see the umpire there, and they're all in the era uniforms that they played. It's a, it's a, it's a touching movie. I'm not really sure what it's about, other than baseball and the relationship of uh, Ray Kinsella, mm-hmm. who's played by Kevin Costner, yep. and his dad. I think that's ultimately what it's about: having a catch with your dad. To me, I, I think that's mainly what it is about. But also, you know, I think in a sense, it's a. It's almost like also like a history lesson because he first thinks the uh, the voice calling out to him is uh, Shoeless Joe because Shoeless Joe was his dad's favorite player. And so, you know, he starts and he builds a baseball field and then there are other signs to him that leads him to James Earl Jones' character, leads them to a ball game, back to a doctor who... Burt Lancaster. Yep, who... Yeah. Uh, Played one game as a professional. We have a we have a guy in our league named Graham, last name Graham. I was yep. calling Moonlight after that character. Yeah. Hey, uh, I have another. Uh, I have some other favorites. You asked me to come up with some favorites. Uh, I really like Sixty One. Yep. And you know why I like Sixty One? Tiger Stadium. Because we can see Tiger Stadium in that movie. It doesn't look like Tiger Stadium in the movie. They have it fixed up to look like the old Yankee Stadium. That movie was shot at Tiger Stadium, 
And I'll bet we all know somebody, if we have baseball fans in our in our entourage, that tried to be in that movie. They had open casting calls. They were trying to get the seats yeah. filled. And a lot of people went down and hung out at the stadium all day long while they were filming. Yeah, and uh, for those that don't know what uh, 61 is about, it is... Uh it's a story about Roger Maris, Mickey Mantle, and the Yankees at the time. Uh, Maris and Mantle in the quest to hit that magic uh, number of home runs in a season. Of course, they Roger Maris hits 61. Um, but, of course, they give him that asterisk because he hits it in more games than Babe Ruth. Had the opportunity to play um, for, the, for a season. My only gripe with uh with the movie is you know i i did not you know i don't know because you never i've never you know seen video of how babe ruth's wife ever acted um but in the movie they make her seem like she's a very very bitter person Hmm. yeah that's probably for some kind of a I think it's maybe effect. for a like dramatic effect, but it, it really it really irritated me. Unless yeah. that's what she really was like in real life. Yeah, who knows? Um, well, but, uh, if yeah. you ever go to Fargo, North Dakota, there's a shopping center there that has a little storefront that is a museum dedicated to Roger Maris. And I've been there. It takes all of 15 minutes to see all this memorabilia there, but it's worth stopping in. And Roger Maris, by the way, played in the 68 World Series for the St. Louis Cardinals yeah. against the R. Detroit Tigers. Well, I have another another movie I, I liked, and we can talk about it very briefly, but it, it's part of what I used to watch when Bill Kennedy at the movies was on here, and you guys, you guys aren't old enough to remember that, <laughs> but Pride of the Yankees. It's the story of Lou Gehrig starring oh. Gary Cooper. So in honor of these things, I have on Yankees today. I don't like to wear this because uh, I have to take a shower afterwards. <laughs> but uh, it was a great movie. He was a great player, uh, Lou Gehrig. And, uh, you know, the movie's a little campy because of the time it was made. But it's a good movie, and I'd recommend seeing it. Uh, you have some, uh, yeah, have some movies I, I that ha- you like? I have some uh, listed out for us. Uh, the first one, you know, your Yankee gear also works for uh it is for Love of the Game, starring Kevin Costner. Uh, you know, he plays a guy by the name of Billy Chappell. And uh, the the movie and is... he's a tiger. He is a tiger. And, I mean, the movie spans over, like, a few years in all togetherness. Um, and also, but it's, it's about one game. It is about one game, that final game of his career. And the decision he has to make, is it going to be the final game of his career? Or because the owner's selling the team and the new owners would want to trade him. Question is, does he want to go out on his terms or on somebody else's? Of course, he pitches that perfect game and says, you know, that's the way to go out. Yeah, it's a, it's a very good movie. You know, to that point, I think that's one of the things that I love so much about baseball is that uh, regardless of how old you are, it truly is a timeless, ageless game. I've seen guys who are 82 years old still playing the game. Now, they don't have any kind of reaction time. They've got fly ball or line drives going right by their head. But but really, you can still play this even when uh, most people would say that you can't. You know, I, I played college football, and to be told that your football career is over, you yeah. got to hang up the cleats, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. But 
baseball, it's always relevant. You can continue to play this as long as you can get down to first. And if that means you're going on your own two feet or on a, a wheelchair, like I like to make fun of my old man for sometimes because he's slow. Um, he's not slow. Well, he's fast. Comparatively. Um, he's now slow because uh, my overweight self can now beat him in a foot race, and that took 27 years for me to get there. So He's a very good athlete. Uh, yeah, he is. For so, Love of the Games, one of my favorites, too. Yeah. So uh, the next movie we're going to talk a little bit about, and the next segment uh, is 42, mm. uh, which we've already kind of said is Jackie Robinson. Um, that was his so number. I'm, yep. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a story you know that kind of spans from Jackie Robinson being in the Negro Leagues all the way through uh, his first full season with the Dodgers. Um, the next movie, I I like because of how it really delved into you know what's kind of been going around now in modern baseball, and that is Moneyball. Mm. Uh, as we know, that starred um, Joan. Jonah Hill yep. and I'm blanking on his name. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Thank you. Um, uh, Brad Pitt playing Billy Bean, of course, who is the still the general manager of the Oakland Athletics, mm-hmm. um, and their take on using analytical data and you know the Bill James method to kind of form a team of ragtag guys that would end up competing for uh, a spot in the playoffs and ends up getting into the playoffs but eliminated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, how the method really worked for them, although people will always say, you know, did it really, was it luck, what, what was the real science behind it? But nowadays you can see that the science is being used more um, and it was really interesting of a movie, in my opinion, to go and see. And that, that all the all that data, it 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 is important, right? Yep. It's important in baseball, but there is something that it has taken away from the game. I think there's something that's that we we don't believe in a guy because he can't hit. He won't hit thirty home runs, right? Mm-hmm. This guy won't hit thirty home runs. But he has a potential to be a, a 330 hitter because he hits he hits singles, or maybe has potential to be a 350 on base. But he's only going to hit and, two, and that, 230. And that, and that was a big thing in the movie. Lot. Yeah, was you know we have to, they're like we have to replace Giambi and Damon, and we have to replace them as you know and as Carlos, they were uh, Pena, Carlos Pena later in the movie. But you know when they're you know it's the off season, they're like we have to replace these guys, and. The answer was, we don't have to replace them. We have to remake them in a way that we can. And the, the whole thing was finding guys whose total on-base percentage added up to what Damon and Giambi were able to do. Mm-hmm. And as we saw, they were able to do that and have success with it. Uh, so the next movie is a very interesting one, as it is also another true story. Another uh, it is... Another tiger. Are you talking about the rookie? I am talking about the rookie. Didn't he? Yeah, he pitched for the Tigers. He did. Oh, I only know him as Tampa Bay. Well, he pitched for the Tigers at one point. Okay, I did not realize that. Uh, the rookie is a... I believe he did. 
you know, we'll have to, we'll have to look that up. Yeah, I, we will. I'm not 100% sure on that. And that that is, uh, what's this guy's name? He's in a bunch of insurance commercials now. Oh, this Dennis is Dennis Quaid. Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Good actor. And um, for those that don't realize it, but Dennis Quaid's son in the movie was also the little kid on uh, Two and a Half Men. Oh, I never watched oh. this show. Yeah. Um, Not a big Charlie Sheen fan. I, I didn't recognize him because I had only seen older episodes of Two and a Half Men. Mm-hmm. And then I had seen the commercial from like one of the first episodes, and I was like, oh, that's the same kid. Mm-hmm. So that I thought that was kind of interesting. Okay, we got to move it along here. Yep. So the uh, the final movie on my list is, uh, we have another movie clip for it. I'm just going to give a brief overview of what the movie is about. It's called The Final Season. It's about a Norway high school in uh, in Iowa. Norway High School had won 19 state championships uh, in baseball prior to what this movie goes over. Pretty much Norway's small high school, and during this time, they're consolidating all the smaller schools into the bigger schools. Um, and the coach of Norway High School is asked to take the final season off because they don't want to... Pretty much, they don't want this team to win. Mm -hmm. They don't want them to go out on a winning note where it makes the Board of Education look bad. Mm -hmm. Um, The coach, Jim Van Scoy, is a Hall of Famer in Iowa baseball and uh, actually ended up being a pitching coach in the Tigers organization. I'm going to show this video right now. Okay, it's one and done, forever. South Clay is 31 and eight. The eight games they lost were when Reed Ellis wasn't in the rotation. He's pitching today. We all know he's being scouted by pro teams, but one player doesn't win a baseball game. Sammy? You can if he throws 92 miles an hour, coach. We win by playing Norway baseball. 80% of this game is defense. We don't let anything get out of the infield, and we wait. Sooner or later, they'll make a mistake. Every player who's ever worn a Norway uniform is out there with you today. And think about this. No other Iowa high school baseball dynasty has ever won a state championship in their final season. We're playing for everyone who knows that Norway is a great place to come home to. And no matter what happens today, this time next year, the jerseys you're wearing will be polishing chrome in Madison High School. So ask yourself one question. How do you want to be remembered? So uh, that is obviously Sean Astin. He is playing the role of Ken Stock, who took over the team in the final season. Uh, they end up winning that state championship. I thought that was Rudy. <laughs> I know. He plays so many crucial people. Uh, he, I was hearing in the back. And he's, um, he's had a quite, quite a remarkable uh, experience. I mean, he was a, a ball gunner on the Memphis Bell. I, mean, I, I was great. also hearing he was Sam Wise. 
That's right. Yeah. From, Sam, from, from Lord of the Ganji. Rings. Yes, from uh, Lord of the Rings. See, I only know him as the roided up brother from Fifty First Dates. <laughs> yeah, um, I never saw that movie. And I just, with that serious conversation, I just couldn't take him seriously knowing that's his face. Well, I think we better move along here. Uh, you have a favorite movie? Uh, you know, The Rookie is actually it when it comes okay. to baseball. Okay. Uh, that's a good choice. Yeah. Uh, what about your memorable quotes here from movies, uh, Ethan? So we got some memorable quotes. Uh, the one that I hear all the time is, you're killing me, Smalls, mm-hmm. obviously, from the sandlot. <laughs> yes. It goes, you know, it, the, the quote comes up multiple times in the movie, but the best one is, you know, when the ball goes over the fence and everybody's, and you know, the, the young man is like, uh, you know, that was my stepdad's ball it was signed by uh some, some person um some girl some some girl uh baby ruth and <laughs> the minute that happens everyone's like babe ruth and you know the quote is very memorable so i've never seen that movie in its entirety what oh so, wait, hold, hold up so that's what's happening when somebody comes over to me and says you're killing me smalls yes. it, it yes oh. Oh, I, I, you no, have I'm really you, hurt. You, you do have to watch it. You have to watch it. I've must. just is, been, it, is this the movie where it goes over the wall and there's a giant dog? Yeah, yes. I, I, I have just been asked if you are a real fan by people in the back. <laughs> All right, here's the other one. There's uh, no crying. There in is no crying in baseball. That's the classic from a, a, a League of Their Own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that one. Uh, yeah, look at. Uh, uh, Tom Hanks there, uh, you know, he came a long way from the first uh, TV show he was in where he played a, 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 a unwilling transvestite. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the, the last one is uh, from, as we've mentioned, 42. Jackie Robinson quote it is from the, Branch Rickey. Yep. Uh, I want a player who's got the guts not to fight back. Yeah, that's quite, and nice. that's supposedly what truly was said. Yep. You want me not to fight back? No, I want a player who has the guts not to fight back. Yeah. Yep. Well, we talked about uh, we talked about Manny making a deal. Next on uh, on the plate will be Bryce Harper. So I don't think Bryce is going to San Diego, and that was the rumor. San Diego was talking about one of those two guys. Yeah, they were targeting both, hoping to get one. Um, you know, Bryce not going to San Diego now. But, you know, there's still talk San Francisco's in play. Um, well, that might be a nice going away present for Bruce Bochy, who's going to yep. announce he's retiring after this season. Yep, he'll have uh, Bruce Love managed for 25 years after this season, 12 in San Diego. And uh, this year is going to be his 13th in San Francisco. As uh, many people know, he's a three time World Series champion. Of course, one of those years over uh, our Detroit Tigers. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now, he stands at n- 1,926 wins. So he, so might, he has a good yeah, chance. Well, uh, yeah, he should get if to 2,000. Yeah. 74 wins. He's 74 there. wins. I mean, that's He doesn't less even have than to half. have a, f- a 500 season. Nope. Well, uh, here's my... Well, it looks like Harper. Well, to the Phillies? Um, you know... That rumor's been going on for almost a month now. The Phillies there, are rebuilding. There, there were talks that you know he was going to sign with the Phillies, and that it was really going to be official like two weeks ago. And I was like, finally, someone's going to sign somewhere. 
and that hasn't happened. You know. Well, Machado was smart. He signed someplace where on opening day it's not going to be 30 degrees. Yeah. Very much uh, so. Anyway. I, I'm, I'm still on the Harper needing to go to the Angels kind of a bus because I would love to see an outfield of Upton, Trout, and Harper. Ooh, yeah, good that would be a great offensive outfield, maybe, and they're all the decent. They are all above-average defensive yeah. players. Maybe the Angels could actually make the playoffs if they did that. <laughs> oh, was that all? <laughs> uh, well, I'm not going to go to the next question because we're, we're we're getting a little a little short on time, and we cannot ignore our ballpark cuisine. Oh yeah, these and, are and, these and are this two truly of the better is, ones. Mm, this is cuisine. This isn't just food. Nope. So tell us, tell us what uh, what's on the plate today. Okay, so the first item up is the pole pork patty melt, and uh, oh on this it is a funnel cake with barbecue pulled pork, fried onion, shredded cheddar, and Monterey Jack cheeses with bacon and a jalapeno skewer. I would I definitely w- need a a take-home box for some. I just want to take a second to admire how good that actually looks, but at the same time, it does not sound like the best meal. Well, you know, I I would have to probably eat it on a plate with a knife and fork and put some syrup on it. What do you think? (laughs) Yes, although I think the the only way to really do that justice is kind of like a uh, county pieting contest. No hands, just just (laughs) go dive head first into it. Yeah, I think if you could eat the whole thing, you know, you ought to get a free one. Oh, God. I wonder how big it actually is because it's kind of hard to tell the, the size of the sandwich in a photo. And it, everything's good with powdered sugar. But I, I would definitely try this. There, There is no doubt about it. I would definitely try this. Um, and the second... Well, where, where where do they have this? What, what uh, this, this is Kauffman Stadium uh, well, uh, yeah, in Kansas City. Yeah, we had Kauffman Stadium last week, too, didn't we? No, we were in uh, Chicago. Where was week. The week before was Kauffman Stadium, didn't, wasn't it? N- no, no. The uh, week before was Cincinnati. We, we've done Chicago, Cincinnati, Detroit, and... That's okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then the last item uh, is the Sunrise Dog. And that is a foot-long belly buster, which costs $11.50 at the ballpark. It features a griddle-cooked hot dog on a toasted bun layered with with sliced cheddar cheese, topped with crumb, crumbled bacon, white sausage gravy, and a fried egg. Now, there is a hot dog under there? There is a hot dog under there. So you got to put there. some mustard, a, relish, is, and onion on it, It is it, a foot-long hot dog. I'll take two. this would be another one i would definitely try and uh they suggest they suggest that uh you should take a bag of chips with it oh sure yeah because you have to have a little salty with that and does it do they give you a bib um i do not believe they give you a bib are the and the eggs look like they're sunny side up so they're going to run down your chin for sure no doubt about it and you have the gravy so you better be wearing a shirt that you don't care about getting completely messed up. Now that that looks like that sausage gravy. So yeah, that, yep, it is sausage that, gravy. That milk sausage gravy, which is kind of a southern thing. You know, I was kind of raised on that uh, uh, biscuits and gravy. Yep. 
I like a lot of pepper on that gravy. Hopefully, it'd give us some pepper. Oh, uh, you can probably ask for some pepper. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the kind of meal that if you've got a beard, it's the meal that keeps on giving. Oh yeah, because you got yep. leftovers all day long with that thing. Yeah, at least well, with how sloppy. And, 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 I, and I will say, we finally found a hot dog that looks, and I'm assuming tastes as good as it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, you're. I know where you're going I'm with not, this. <laughs> that of, I would take that. Any day over that veggie hot dog that we that we showed that, that first bad. week. You're, you're going to hear from the people at Comerica about you knocking their food. Well, it they, was actually they, okay. okay. I do have to admit, Comerica Park needs to reinvent their food. Mm. Actually, I think all Detroit sports arenas need to reinvent their food. Every time I go to a Lions game, I always get the same thing because it's the only thing that I can eat and you know have some appreciation for, and that's a big boy burger. Um. Well, you go to Lions games. I, I do. You are a glutton for punishment. I know. Um, the police should come arrest me right now. Well, they should. Ar- they should arrest your. It's worth it. They should arrest your parents for child abuse if they've been doing this to you for a long time. So uh, <laughs> that is actually all the time we have for uh, this episode of Baseball Mainly. Um, but if you have any suggestions for us, feel free to let us know on the uh, Baseball Mainly Twitter handle or at our Facebook page. Or you can uh, let us know at NewRadioMedia.com. That sounds good. Well, everybody, thank you, Scott, for being with us yes, today. Yes, thank you for being here. Thank, thank you guys you, for having me. Thank you, Statman. Thank you. And I'm Jess Monticello. Thank you for being with us today, uh, and hopefully uh, you've seen us online. If not... Uh, you can always get us, I mean, I'm saying this live, you can always get us online on demand. Uh, let's play two. Yep.